Many women hang on tightly to their past experiences and they don't realize that this keeps them stuck. When you let go, not only will you have healthy, loving, fulfilling, and committed relationships, you'll also have healthier living and more energy. It's time to bring joy back. You deserve it. Welcome to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with Andrea Lewis. On today's show, we'll help you get your life back on track and provide words of inspiration. Now, here is Andrea Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back. I am your host, Andrea Lewis. I believe that when women heal past wounds, they are free to express themselves authentically as creative, intuitive, and powerful women. And by doing so, they light up the world with love. If you'd like to find out more about me, check out my website at andreamlewis.com. I have some free resources an online class called Stop Replaying the Past and Worrying About the Future. In this class, you will learn the effects of suppressing our emotions, the reason we get stuck in repeated patterns. You'll also learn to identify your dominant archetype when you're not resonating in your feminine power and much more. I also have free guided meditations, forgiveness, release your mother's pain story, grounding into the light, and meet your inner child. To work with me, I offer mediumship sessions and ancestral healing for your mother lineage. Today, we are going to talk with Crystal Andrus Morissette about her book, The Emotional Edge. I discovered Crystal's work in 2011 when I signed up for one of her webinars. I was on stress leave from my government job, and I was searching for something but I didn't quite know what that was. Then in 2013, I followed my inner guidance and I signed up as an empowerment coach at her school, the SWAT Institute. When I learned about the emotional age, everything made sense for me. I realized I had a wounded girl in me who was running my life because she was dying to be heard. Up until that point, I believed that it was my negative thought patterns and focusing on what I didn't want created my reality. However, my reality hadn't changed. I was still repeating patterns. Crystal's work has helped me establish a healthy relationship with myself and in turn attract healthy relationships. I've also uncovered deeply buried gifts that were hidden. Crystal Andrus Morissette is a worldwide leader in the field of self-discovery and personal transformation. A six-time international best-selling author, she's been featured numerous times on Oprah.com, The New York Post, Fox TV, Hay House Radio, and many more. Her episodes on the international hit TV show X-Weighted won three Geminis, From life as a homeless teen to coaching A-list celebrities, from having abs of steel and the Miss Galaxy to weighing over 200 pounds after having babies, emotional age and communication expert, Crystal, is the founder of the SWAT Institute, an empowerment coaching school exclusively for women that she created with fellow female visionaries, Louise Hay, Marianne Williamson, Dr. Christian Northrop, 
Paulette Baron-Reed, and Sandra Ann Taylor, among others. Welcome, Crystal, to the Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back radio show. Hi. I'm, ex Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. Your book, The Emotional Edge, is powerful. And I'm not just saying that because I read it twice. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time was shortly after it was published. I read it and I didn't apply any of the exercises. <laughs> so it was just theory for me. But based on what was going on in my life at that time, um, I was in deep denial. So then I recently reread the book to, pre to prepare for the interview. I'm like, oh, I need to read this book in preparation for the interview to refresh my memory. But the further I, <laughs> I read the book, I noticed that I started to experience resistance. And this showed up in the form of uh, fatigue. Mm. I actually had a knot in my stomach mm -hmm. and distractions. Laundry looked even better <laughs> than reading the book. <laughs> so, well, I sat with the discomfort. And when I finally did some of the exercises and guided meditations, it was quite liberating for me to gain a deeper understanding of myself. So yes. th this was really powerful and profound for me. Wow, that's amazing. So in the introduction of your book, you write how you found your first journal. And when you flipped to the first page and read the first line, I just want to be empowered. Mm -hmm. What was going on in your life, Crystal, that you didn't feel empowered? <clears throat> yeah, that's a great question. No one's asked me that before. So by all outside images, I would have looked like an empowered young woman. I was probably at that point, goodness, I'm going to guess that was around 1997. And I'm going on memory right now because I don't have the journal in front of me. But my, I would have been 27 years old. I would have, or maybe, yeah, anyways, not that it matters, 26, 27, I had two tiny children, I had a beautiful house on the water, you know, you got to realize I moved out really young at 15, I came from a lot of abuse and neglect and betrayal, the worst kinds, and I just buckled down, my mindset became, you'll see, I'll show you I'm lovable, I'll show you I'm smart, I'll show you I'm worthy, I'm worth something, but, you know, I recently read a quote and it said something along the lines of when you've been abused as a child, you don't stop loving your parents, you stop loving yourself. And I didn't realize, I mean, I looked great by outside images, but I had a story inside that was sort of like, if you knew the truth, if you knew what I came from, if you knew what was done to me, if you knew how lovable, unlovable I am. If you knew how unloved I am by the people who are supposed to love me the most, you might discover, too, the same things. So my life had to be, I had to be always vigilant to make sure I kept up the appearances for myself. It was for myself. Like I had to keep up those appearances because that kept somehow me in check, knowing, see, all the boxes are checked. I clearly am doing okay. But I had a deep a deep pain inside, a deep longing to be loved. And 
I didn't know how to get it. I just didn't know how to get it. Even I just didn't know how to get it. And I knew I was disempowered because of that. That's really it in a nutshell. I just knew I'm disempowered because the story that still goes on inside my head is, um, why don't they love me? What do I have to do to make them love me? What Am I ever going to make them love me? Yeah, I, I get that story. Um, that must have been really exhausting. Well, I think because I was so hypervigilant, I didn't know I was exhausted until I was in my 40s. <laughs> like, I don't even know that I was exhausted because I was running on adrenaline. I was running on um, the next accomplishment. And I never really even, like by that age, the stuff I had already accomplished was by all outside measures, huge. People would say that's huge. By the time I was mid thirties, the accomplishments were huge. I'm 48 right now. The accomplishments are huge. Um, but I never, I'm still just learning how to, to stop after something and breathe it in and to relish in the joy of what I've created and to let myself really just be present to the greatness of how great life is. But as soon as one thing would be accomplished, I would, it would almost just be like in my brain, well, that's expected. That's normal. That's what I do. And I just move on to the next thing that I've got to get done. Like another accomplishment I got to achieve and more people I got to help and more things I got. to. So it was exhausting until I realized in my mid forties or early forties, let's say, um, I'm still trying to make people like please people. And at that point now I had an international coaching school and I had students and graduates who were looking to me like I was, and I realized that I had created a false persona of myself and I didn't mean to do it. And then I realized that some of my students or graduates or people in my life would actually be angry with me when they realized I was burning out or I didn't have the answer or I couldn't keep on this pace. And that's when I realized I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this anymore. And in fact, in a really honest moment, I actually had moments of, I don't want to do this thing called life anymore. And that was a major wake up call for me to realize, like, I need to, I need to really understand what empowerment is because it's not about the outside of all the things you accomplish. Although those are sometimes the really great indicators that, wow, you're doing, you're empowered, but it was, I need to know that I matter. Like me, me, my, my soul, my needs, my wants, my joy, they matter. And that's when I think I shifted out of the hypervigilance and the nonstop and slow down enough to be okay to cuddle in a bed on a cold, freezing day with no makeup on and do an interview with you. You know, Andrea? Yeah. Like, big deal. I'm sitting here with no makeup on on a Zoom room, cuddled in my bed doing an interview. That would not have happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because that would have meant I'm not perfect, which could mean you might see flaws in me, which means that I might not be loved. Empowerment means knowing you have choice and the choice first and foremost is that you've got to take care of you. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And, um, I understand that um, doing and, and wanting and seeking that love outside of ourselves. So um, there's a saying that I learned in school from you. And I, when I've mentored women, I've said that. And it reminded me of what you were talking about. And even my own journey is, uh, you know, if I do enough, 
I'm going to be enough. Yeah. So, Andrea, the crazy thing is, I didn't know. That's what denial. You know, when you said yes. I resistance, you were reading my book and you felt resistance. You felt distractions. The laundry looked really good. Um, that's exactly the same thing. It's like, I didn't know. Denial didn't even notice I am lost. Mm-hmm. I'm not lost compared to n- most people, but you know, I'm still lost. I was still lost and probably still finding, you know, my, my real truth, my, my golden nuggets inside my, what my soul is really here to do. And yeah, I've, I've very much learned how to distract myself constantly with things that are noble and saintly so that you don't look just, you don't look, you don't look like you have, cause you're doing all these saintly noble things, but they're still just distractions to be enough, do enough. And eventually you'll feel like you are enough. Yeah. It doesn't happen though. That's just not the way it works. So is your journey, um, because you've written other books, but um, for writing the emotional edge, what did something specific inspire you to write the emotional edge? Um, again, it wasn't even for me, but I'll tell you something that I don't share very often. When I finally really got serious about writing that book, I felt an emotional cracking happening. Mm. And, you know, I, I love, um, I love the matrix. I love follow the white bunny. I love the song white rabbit by Jefferson airplane. And for the first time in my life, I actually thought to myself, Oh my God, I'm Alice in Alice in Wonderland. And I've just gone down the rabbit hole. And it was, I was very, I was very, it was a, it was an unbelievable time when I was writing that book. So I actually felt like what led me to that was, oh, I'm going to help all these women understand how to be emotionally empowered. I'm going to help all these women understand the difference between their daughter energy and their mother energy and their woman energy. And I'm going to help all these people. It's going to be amazing. And everyone's going to love the book. And as I started writing it, I was cracked open where I I had to shut off my Wi-Fi. I had to shut off the internet. I had to stop engaging with the world. I had to s- just have my own thoughts, my own voice. My and it was unbelievable what came through when I I did what you're really talking about in this radio show, which is letting go, letting go of everything else around you. And I think I told you this before. Um, we caught online. I said, I swear if I didn't write that book, my family would have checked me in somewhere because yes. I was like, turn off your Wi-Fi. We don't need to be, you know, and, but it was at the end of the book that I really realized this is what waking up is all about. It's unplugging from everything and getting really clear on who you are in your voice. And that was, that's really what happened when I wrote that book and I'll never be the same. That's good. It sounds like it was life altering for you. Altering. That's good. And and one thing that was coming up for me was um, we teach people what we most need to learn. And that that it sounds like that that lesson, that lesson of empowerment keeps getting stronger and stronger for you. And then the book, you're like, oh, I'm writing it for others, but really <laughs> it was for you. Healing. It was to heal my wounds. It was to heal my Um, submissive emotional archetype it was to heal my dominant emotional archetype it was for me to heal the split inside of me it was for me to heal the saintly part of me that went back and forth between like okay but is that selfish 
oh, but I'm so saintly if I do it this way, but I'm gaining a lot of weight and I'm really tired. I'm really exhausted and I can't keep up. So it was a deep healing process. And, and I know when something is that powerful for the author or for the artist, it will be that powerful for everyone else who receives it. So, yeah, I think I had to go to the dark recesses of my, you know, unconscious. And, and then I think that's what clicked. And I mean, that book got picked up on Oprah. You can go to Oprah.com and put in emotional age quiz and you can actually take the quiz right on Oprah. Like whoever thought that would happen. So you got to dig deep if you really want your work to be received um, in the way that that's the truth. So I, I think that's a big part of it is got to dig deep when you're an artist. And I did. Yeah, that's, it, that's great. Um, how does what we learned growing up help us understand the emotional age we've chosen? Um, that's another great question. We might have to pick it up after the break, but I definitely know that when you're a little, the first five years of your life, psychologists tell us that we write a life script. When we make decisions about who we are, we actually make decisions about how we will die by the time we're five years old and it's all unconscious. So when you become an adult, you really have to start looking back at the life script you wrote, the stories that you wrote, the familiar patterns that you do just because they came from your family, that they're not even your own truth as an adult. Um, And so childhood is a make or break for a lot of people. The good news is that as a grown adult, you still have the time and the opportunity to heal yourself. You know, it's, it's really exciting work. Okay. We will take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Crystal Andros Morissette about her book, The Emotional Edge. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you still feel guilty for not resolving disagreements and misunderstandings with a loved one in spirit? Are you still angry with your family member? Do you feel stuck, lost, and without a purpose? It doesn't have to be this way. Through Andrea's mediumship reading sessions, experience a burden being lifted and begin the journey of reconciliation and forgiveness. If you're ready to heal past wounds and bring joy back, go to andreamlewis.com to book your session today. Again, that's andreamlewis.com. Are you a woman who is afraid to be seen and heard because your mother was highly critical? Did you constantly try to get your mother's approval, but no matter how hard you tried, you never felt good enough? Through Andrea's Akashic Reading Sessions, shift from being passive to assertive. Begin to trust yourself and find a balance between giving and receiving. If you're ready to heal your mother lineage and move forward, go to andreamlewis.com to book your session today. Again, that's andreamlewis.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with your host, Andrea Lewis. To reach the show today, feel free to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Andrea M. Lewis at Outlook.com. Now back to the show. Hello, everyone. 
And um, we were having a conversation with Crystal Andrews Morissette about her book, The Emotional Edge. So, Crystal, for listeners who haven't heard of The Emotional Age, can you explain what it is and how they can find out what their emotional age is? Great. Well, first thing you can do, like I just mentioned in the last um, in the last uh, segment, was you can go to www.oprah.com and you can put in emotional age quiz and you can actually take the quiz. I will tell you that without fail, most women will say, I'm in woman energy. I took the quiz. I'm in woman energy. And then I say, well, no, you intuitively know the right answers because within every one of us, we have an adult archetype. And that's how I, I really teach emotional age is that within each of us, we have these three archetypes. And usually if when they're not at peace, when they have not learned how to get along with each other, one usually is more dominant. And it's very rarely that woman energy is more dominant unless uh, she's really he- done a lot of healing. So a lot of women will say, oh, I'm in woman energy. But then I say, well, then, but look at your life. Look at, look at, look at your finances. Look at your health. Look at your relationships. Look at, look at all the areas of your life. And that will actually tell you the truth of your emotional age. So I say it pretty simple. There's three emotional ages. Obviously, there's way more, but let's just break it into we each have a child archetype within us. For women, I call that your daughter energy. And daughter energy is the most selfish. It's what what Freud would have called the id. Um, It's that part of you that's like, I know there's more out there and I want it and I don't know how to get it, but I'm going to keep clawing my way until I figure it out. And she's coy, she's cute, she's charming, she can be the victim, she can be a confused little girl, she can be a warrior. She just moves through the spectrum of like, I got to take care of me. And then your mother energy, which is usually mortified by your daughter energy, your mother energy is the most saintly part of you and you have her too. And she is selfless and she is the wind beneath everyone else's wings. She can be a bit of a chubby bobby at times because she's let the weight of the world fall on her. She can be a rescuer. She could be a Puritan, a perfectionist, but ultimately mother energy is the part of you that just knows how to take care of other people. And you're so good at it that sometimes you can get trapped in that because suddenly people need you. They don't, they don't, you don't necessarily feel good about yourself, but boy, you're needed. And so the the dance often happens in emotional age when we we think we have to choose between either showing up in the world in daughter energy or showing up in the world in mother energy. And emotional age is when you can heal those two parts within you. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself and you sort of show up like a woman. Emotional age is similar to biological age in the idea that um, it's not chronological. So chronological age is I'm 48. Um, Biological age is like if you take really good care of yourself, biologically, your physiology, you might be 33. You could also be 48 and not have taken care of yourself and been 70, be like a seven-year-old. Emotional age is based on how you are communicating, how you're compromising, how you negotiate, how you're showing up in life. And so you could be 70 and have the emotional age of a 35-year-old empowered woman. You can be 18 and have the emotional age of a very old woman and not have any children yet, but you're emotionally like an 
old woman. Some people will say, oh, does that mean you're like an old soul? Well, I tried to stay away from that in the, in the, in the book. But the truth is, we often will say that about someone who's in mother energy. We'll say, oh, she's just so kind, just like an old soul. Um, or when you have someone that's really showing up in daughter energy, people often say, she's just a young soul. Well, I don't believe that. I actually believe she's just showing up like a little girl still, even though she's 45 years old. Um, and so when you can get a handle on your emotional age, it is life changing because it means that you then know how to communicate and negotiate and take care of yourself in an assertive, loving, accepting win-win way. You're really knowing when you're talking to somebody, well, what, you know, what you're able to just really communicate in a way more empowered way. And it just makes all of your relationships that much better. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause when I, when I learned about my archetypes, um, especially the dominant one, um, what shifted my perspective right away was I didn't have to get rid of her. I had to just give her love, safety, compassion, value, what she didn't get in in childhood. And that was my aha moment. Your dominant archetype, then what you're saying was like, you were showing up more dominantly in a child archetype. Right. So the, that's always the secret. So it's like, Oh my gosh. So I need to, love this part of me not love her so that she can settle down and she doesn't have to run the show the woman in me can step up and be like you know for me I'd be like I would talk to my little girl inside and I'd be like whoever it is and and what's fun about the emotional edge is that we break it into like a whole bunch of little sub archetypes so for example you might be a you know you might be the scared little girl you might be the victim because you really have been victimized you might be an addict because you don't know how to cope with life. You might be, so any one of those, it's like, let's say it's your addict. Most of us are taught to be so ashamed of our addict. Mm. The part of us that would drink too much or do drugs or shop too much, put ourselves in debt. So we think that shaming that part of ourselves, I would just lash myself enough times, I'll get better. The truth is you actually need to love her so much and say to her, I got this now. Like I, Crystal, the woman, I got this. I can do this. I can take care of us. Uh, I love you. And when you wake up the next day and you've had too much to drink, instead of getting out your metaphorical whip, you get out your journal and you say, hey, girl, what was going on last night? Why did you drink like that? What did you need? What was really going on? And you just, I almost like, it's like you have multiple personality. You dialogue back and forth and you let your woman energy talk to her and say, I'm not mad at you. I understand you're hurt. I understand you're, and eventually your addict is like, oh my God, I'm loved. I'm Mm -hmm. loved by me. I'm loved by me. I love me. And I don't need to keep showing up that way anymore. Um, And so it is really, really powerful when you can know your archetype. And instead of thinking you have to get rid of these parts of yourself, you're actually bringing all these fragmented parts that you've maybe buried unconsciously back into the light back into the wholeness of who you are. Yes, exactly. Because that's how, when I would, when I would integrate them, I would just feel more aligned. Mm -hmm. I would feel like, um, like I would get insights and solutions that to like a problem or perceived problem that I couldn't, that, you know, that if I was in my child archetype was like pushing and pushing and pushing. And then once I gave her what she needed, it was like, 
Oh, you can almost hear angelic music. I know. You can't explain it until you do it. It's like you said, like you can't just the first time you read it, you read it, it was theory. You know, I have another client who was, oh my gosh, the abuse she went through as a child. She was sexually abused by her father of all people from the time she was about four till she was 14 is one of the most horrific stories. But she wrote me and said, I read your book the first time. I thought, mm, what's the big deal about this book? You know? <laughs> And then she said, I read it a second time. And then something in me read it a third time. And I actually did the assignments, the lessons. And she's like, now I, it's, I've read it for the fourth time. And I think it is a pure genius. It is the smartest book I've ever read. And I've had 40 years of therapy that I never had a breakthrough. And I, I've, I've, I feel like I've just completely healed this. And it's, life-changing so those kind of stories to me are like wildly affirming that you know no matter what I went through trying to get the book birthed out to the world it was worth the labor it was worth it it sure was yeah so um you mentioned uh Carl Jung so um in the book you write that his most evolved archetype is when it come when it comes to a woman is the wise old woman so how do you define what being an empowered woman means? Oh, great question. Yeah, you know, it was amazing to me when I realized I started doing research for this book and I thought, okay, Carl Jung has sort of created the persona that there's three personas to the personality as well. Or there's three parts to the person or personality as well, which is like we have a shadow, we have an ego, and then we have this collective unconscious that we are all tapped into. Um, and... So I really started reading sort of Carl Jung's like sort of the collective unconsciousness, which we're all tapped into, which is archetype. So if I were to say bad boy, everybody gets what that means. If I were to say the seductress, everybody kind of gets an idea of what that means. Um, and then he had, you know, for men, you've got the hero and you've got like, there's all of these male archetypes, but he had for women, the wise old woman. And I thought, that's our archetype. Like, you know, that's our archetype. Like you're either, it's almost like, almost like when you take it back to a hundred years ago, I, you know, if you do the research on the woman's movement, women were considered a drudge. That was literally the world, a drudge or a doll. That was like, clearly to me, the doll is daughter energy. The drudge is mother energy. And then Carl Jung comes along and says, well, we've got the wise old woman. And I thought, isn't that sad that we don't have an archetype for the wise 20-year-old woman, for the wise 30-year-old woman, for the wise 40-year-old woman? Like, we need to redefine what it means to be a woman so that when you say the word woman, woman, it will eventually stand as an archetype of its own, which is, to me, I mean, everyone can define it in their own words, but to be an empowered woman is a woman who has full um, access to all of her emotions. Um, she's not afraid to feel the full spectrum of emotions. However, she doesn't let herself get pulled down into the low, heavy emotions for long. She has the tools to be able to talk herself out of the muck and the swamp to pull her back up into her higher self, into her highest version of herself, into the part of her that knows she's loved, she's important, she matters, her life matters, her purpose matters. She just knows it. And it doesn't matter. Being a woman has nothing to do with if you're short, tall, fat, thin. It has nothing to do, but it has to do with an energy that you bring to the world, which is 
a love. And that's why the Dalai Lama came to Canada in 2009 and said, the Western woman will heal the world. And it put a lot of people into an uproar. Um, but it's because we women in the Western world are finally able to use our voice, to speak our truth, to tell our stories, to um, know that we all matter. We all want the American so-called dream. Um, you know that peace is acceptance expanded. It is not about us all being the same. It's about us being able to be different but to respect those differences. To me, that's what an empowered woman is. That was a big, long description. <laughs> oh, I loved it. That that was so beautiful. I was just like, oh, like, I, I'm like, okay, so these are the things I need to embody. <laughs> you know, when I, when I give my child archetype the love, it's like, okay, I need to step into a more empowered version of me. And to me, the simplified version is when I step into my um, woman archetype, I'm pure love, pure joy, love joy. And I just feel like, totally. any, like alert. Alert, awake, alive, vibrant, yeah. vibrant um, vibrating at a high frequency. Like, you know, I, when you, when you think about what peace is, a lot of us think a peaceful person, there's a very huge difference between peaceful and passive. And a lot of women who are passive will say, Oh, I'm, I'm peaceful. And it's like, no, you're not peaceful. You are so passive. You are so living your life like, well, it is what it is. What can I do? And that's passive. That's yeah. helpless. And, it was a little, and so peaceful is actually, if you were to think about a sunset and how peaceful it seems, and yet the earth is traveling at what? Like, I, I don't know the number. Like, maybe it's like a thousand kilometers a minute. Peaceful is actually so fast moving that if you actually want to get something done well, Give it to a very peaceful person because it'll seem so people ask me all the time, how do you do so much? Like, I don't understand how you do so much. And I think I don't really do that much, but it appears to be so much. It's sort of like the sunset is like, it's like, it's not when you actually get into the flow, which is creative energy, which is being back in alignment with your woman energy, you're able to accomplish things that you couldn't have accomplished in those lower levels because you don't have the energy because you're not vibing at a high frequency because you're still doubting yourself. You're still having this dialogue all the time. I love Michael A. Singer's book, the untethered soul. And in that book, he actually talks about um, the doorway to the depths of your soul are, is literally when you realize there's a voice in my mind that's talking and then there might even be another voice that talks back to the voice. Like, so you get in the car in the morning and then you're talking to yourself about, but there's someone listening. And the real you is the listener. It's not any of the voices. None of the voices are who you are. And when you realize it's in that stillness and that, that is, that is the doorway to woman energy. Yeah, that is so that is so beautiful. And the other point that I wanted to add about when I'm in my woman archetype is there's and what you were talking about, not doing a lot of not feeling like you're working hard. It's like there's more flow, there's more ease. It just it feels it feels better. <laughs> like there's there's no um there's no resistance, there's no pushing, there's no striving, no there's force. a balance. Well, you know, the great book that we learn in the SWAT Institute, one of the books we study from is Power Versus Force by Dr. David mm. Hawkins. 
Yes. And it's really when you realize the low levels of consciousness is very heavy. Shame, guilt, apathy, sorrow, fear, desire, you know, even anger. Anger for a lot of people is the highest they ever get. And they feel empowered because it's it's big and pride is big. But women energy is when you can push up through all of that. You finally have the courage to look at yourself. You finally have the courage to look at your choices. You have the courage to look at your dreams. You have the courage to, you know, to, to say, I, I deserve and I want to be back in alignment with who I really am, which is up there, which is your higher self. So doing the work of pushing up through, it seems like a lot of work, but once you get there, you're like, oh my goodness, it's so much easier to, once you're here, to stay here. So I would always encourage anyone that's going through the rough river rapids of anger and pride and you're on your way to greatness. Push through that, like push through the anger and figure out what would courage have me do? And are you willing to do it? Because when you're willing to do what courage would have you do, mm, it's where the good stuff happens. It, it is. And I, I can attest to that. It takes a lot of courage to face our past, our not so wise choices, our fears and our beliefs. Um, so one question that I want to ask, um, in relation to what we were talking about, and we might have to continue it after the break is on your homepage of your website is that you invite, um, a person to, um, to join over 125,000 people who have made the pledge. So what is the pledge? Well, why don't we first, we'll send them to the site and then we can talk about it when we come back from the break. So the site is www crystal andres morissette just like alanis morissette for canadians they'll definitely know who that <laughs> crystal andres morissette.com and um yeah it's a phenomenal pledge that you're just really making to yourself and to the planet and to each other um to no longer um be disempowered or to be you know to it's it's time for you to stand up and to see yourself as important and that's the pledge you're making wow fantastic so we will take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking to Crystal Andrus Morissette about her book, The Emotional Edge. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you still feel guilty for not resolving disagreements and misunderstandings with a loved one in spirit? Are you still angry with your family member? Do you feel stuck, lost, and without a purpose? It doesn't have to be this way. Through Andrea's mediumship reading sessions, experience a burden being lifted and begin the journey of reconciliation and forgiveness. If you're ready to heal past wounds and bring joy back, go to andreamlewis.com to book your session today. Again, that's andreamlewis.com. Are you a woman who is afraid to be seen and heard because your mother was highly critical? Did you constantly try to get your mother's approval, but no matter how hard you tried, you never felt good enough? Through Andrea's Akashic Reading Sessions, shift from being passive to assertive. Begin to trust yourself and find a balance between giving and receiving. If you're ready to heal your mother lineage and move forward, go to andreamlewis.com to book your session today. Again, that's andreamlewis.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are listening to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with your host, Andrea Lewis. To reach the show today, feel free to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Andrea M. Lewis at Outlook.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining me again. Um, we were talking to Crystal Andrus Morissette about her book, the emotional edge and before the break she was talking about um the movement to make a pledge to the movement that she has on her website so crystal could you tell listeners a little bit more about that absolutely so in i think it was 2015 um uh the world economic the world economic forum uh, did a study they do them periodically and they determined in 2015 that it would take 80 years for a girl who was born in 2015, 80 years before she would live in a world of gender equality. Here's what's crazy. We thought we were going to be shortening that. Well, what's happened in the last two years, um, the World Economic Forum came out and said by the year 2017, it would actually take 223 years what we've just had such a like we're just it's just crazy what's happened um i think so many of us are recognizing it although i would say andrea um i would disagree with that and what i would say what's happened in the last two years is that we are finally we get to talk about what's been going on for the last five thousand years to women because now it's so it the underbelly has been exposed so I'm going to say three, four years ago, if I would have, if I would have talked, you know, the Me Too movement, if I would have talked about being sexually abused, if I would have talked about publicly, if I talked about things like employers who did the most inappropriate things to me, and if I didn't go along with it, I lost my job. And I, I didn't tell those stories because I remember in 2006, I had a major contract. I just published my second book. I looked and I was in, in contractual talks with a major company. I won't get into it. And I actually had the owner of the company one day after contractual talks. We walked downstairs into the underground parking and he pushed me against a wall absolutely out of nowhere and thrust his hand up my skirt and said the most vulgar thing to me. And I pushed him away and climbed in the car and pounded my steering wheel about 100 times and cried and thought, what do I do? And he called me on the way home and said, hey, like, I hope you're okay. I don't, I don't want anything serious. I just want to have some fun together. And I couldn't have told that story. And I remember going to a lawyer when that happened. And he basically said, you don't have the money to fight this guy. So you have to make a decision. Do you want to use up all your savings and possibly lose um, and become a whistleblower in your industry? And you'll probably never get another contract again. Or do you want to just let this go and move on? Like, I didn't have a choice. 
what's happened in the last two years, it looks like we've been pushed back 223 years, like the World Economic Forum is saying, but I don't believe that. I believe that the underbelly has been exposed, and now we're having another we're having the, did they call it the second stage, the third stage of the women's movement? It's actually like now we're entering a new phase where we can actually tell a story like that and you don't look crazy. You don't look like a whistleblower. You don't look like you're a troublemaker. You don't. So the reason that I wanted women and men around the world to take the pledge was to just read what it really means to be empowered and what it means to what gender equality actually means and like what that means. And so the more that we have people making the pledge, and even if it's just for yourself where you print that off and it says, I, Andrea, make the pledge to no longer allow anyone to abuse me or mistreat me again. I make the pledge to, it can be almost like a, a personal affirmation or a mantra or a statement that you start drilling into your own head, how important you are and how much you matter. And that's not the selfish daughter energy. You cannot be in woman energy if you don't realize you alone matter. Men have always been taught they have the right to pursue happiness, the American dream. What a lot of people still even aren't talking about is the Equal Rights Amendment has still not been signed in the United States. It was proposed 40 years ago and to, to include women in the Constitution. The Equal Rights Amendment was shut, was was knocked down 40 years ago, and it still has not been included. So these are just small ways that I think now people in general are saying, what? What has been going on to women since forever? And wonderful men are stepping up and saying, I didn't realize, I didn't know, or I didn't, I participated, and I'm not a bad guy. I just don't know how I participated in that boys club. So making the pledge is like all of us saying, we all matter, no matter your denomination, no matter your culture, no matter your age, no matter your gender. We all matter, and we need to treat each other and ourselves with dignity and self-respect, love and kindness. Wow, beautiful. I definitely am going to make, make the, pledge. the pledge. Make the pledge. And just to touch on the point about the women's movement is I see it as the divine feminine um, is on the rise. So it's, it's different than the feminist movement. It's more of putting the earth and um, women more um, and the world more in balance with the yeah. uh, female and, and male energy. Yeah, 100%. And you know, though, in fairness, we can all say, oh, those feminists and, you know, um, Elizabeth's, you know, all the, 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 the original suffragettes and we can say they looked like men and they were angry and they, and then the next era of the women's movement came along in the sixties and the seventies and, you know, they were so angry. Well, anger, it, you know, all great change happened because people got angry enough. Yeah. Slavery was abolished because people got, slavery was abolished 200 years to the year when President Obama had been elected as president. It took 200 years for a president, a, a black president, African-American president to actually be nominated. But yet we forget that in what it was in 1957, Rosa Parks still, 1957, Rosa Parks still, that, that was a big to do because she said, I'm not giving up my seat. What a lot of people don't realize is that it hasn't even been a hundred years around the world that women have been granted the status of being a person, a person under the law. 
Like in Canada, where we live, it was 1917. Women were finally considered people and no longer chattel, a man's possession or a father's possession. In 1920, it was in America, it took till 1920. It hasn't even been 100 years that women were considered people that had the right to vote, that had the right to own property, that had the right to. A hundred years ago in the United States, if a man decided he didn't, could not afford his children and he wanted to put them up for adoption, the mother had no recourse. So we got to realize it took 200 years from slavery to electing a black president. Um, so when they say it's going to take 80 years for, I understand it. Yeah. It time. We want things to happen like this. Um, but those suffragettes came along and looked really angry. And the feminists from the 60s and 70s looked angry. But the truth is, slavery was abolished because people got angry enough. Mothers Against Drunk Driving happened because the mother who formed that, her daughter was killed by a drunk driver. So it's not about staying angry. But when the pendulum has been over to the left for way too long or over to the right, whatever you want to call it, and it lets go, it's going to swing with, yeah. with ferocity, ferocity over to the other side. And then eventually it balances back out. And that's actually the very same as the work we're doing in the emotional yeah. edge, which is you've been in this dominant archetype for so long that when you let go, it's like, whoa, I don't know how to find balance. And then eventually you realize that woman energy is the middle way. Mm-hmm. It's the middle way. So I think eventually the world will realize it can't be all masculine. It can't be all feminine. No one wants that. Oh, my God. I don't think any woman who's on the women's movement is like, we want women to run the world. Oh, my God. No, that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. We want women to be able to be women. Yes. And we want men to be men. And we, what does that mean? That within each of us, we have healed the, the yin-yang, if you want to call it, within each one of us. Because both are needed. Both are needed. So, yeah, the new movement, I think, that's happening that we can say it's so feminine and pretty and nice, but it was built on the backs of the angry women. So thank yeah. you to the angry women who everyone thought were angry feminists. Thank you to those women because they are our mothers and our grandmothers that had to fight to give us the freedom to have a radio show or to have a seven figure income or to, cause you couldn't have done that. You couldn't have done Andrew, what you're doing right now. You could have done that a hundred years ago. No one would wanted to hear your voice. You weren't intelligent enough to have an opinion. Yes. They paved the way. So Crystal, do you have any projects, maybe another book in the works? Oh, I sure do. I actually um, have opened up a publishing house called simply woman publishing. Um, we've published our first book. Uh, it was stories from 29 amazing women from around the world. We had a woman from Liberia, Africa, who's adopted 44 child soldiers. Um, we have a woman living in Palestine right now who has five children, can't get out of the country, told her story. We have women from all over the world in that book. It's called Simply Woman, stories from 30, uh, I forget how I worded it, <laughs> amazing women from around the world. Um, uh, but yeah, we it's, have the it's on your website. Yeah, that's all there. Publishing House, we have the SWAT Institute, the certifications. Just really, just we're just trying to build an empire to heal women and to empower women and to make men know we love them too. We just got to find our own footing. We got to find our own way. And then we won't be so angry at you anymore. We'll be able to love you the way we want to and the way you want us to love you. Um, are there any words of wisdom that you can impart on a woman who feels stuck in her life? Yeah, you know what? Be meet yourself where you are. You know, meet yourself right there and be like, "I am stuck. Why am I stuck? Here's why you're stuck. You're stuck because 
you're still holding on to the should have beens, the could have beens, and the ought to have beens. And somebody has hurt you, and somebody has victimized you, and you're scared to move forward, but you don't want to go back to what was, but you don't know what the future is going to look like. So I would say, you're 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 normal. It's it's what's happened to a lot of us. But if you can push through and maybe write those letters to the people who hurt you. And you know, send them to me to be validated. Give yourself permission to have a pity party, and then the moment will come where you realize it's time to get on with it, and it's worth getting on with it. But but be gentle with yourself when you're in the muck. Just be gentle with yourself, and know that there's people that will. I'm a swamp mistress, so you know I can get down there in the muck really easily and show you the way out. There is a way out. Yes, I agree. Like surrender is a big is a big thing. I find when, for me personally, when I feel stuck, it's because I'm hanging on to something, I'm in resistance, and then I realize that I need to surrender and let go exactly what you said, the could have beens, the should have beens, or uh, control. Somehow our egos seem to think that we can control. <laughs> like, what if this is where I'm meant to be? Yeah. And what if this is where I'm meant to find my way out of? Because the reality is, that's the truth. Yep. You are where you are. Beautiful, Crystal. Thank you for joining me today. Is there anything you would like the listeners to know about you and your work? I just want them to know that I'm a happily married wife. My husband has just kicked cancer. So that's been last year's. uh, Yeah. And I've got two amazing daughters who are grown women. And with all the success in my life, there's nothing more important than my little love muffins who love me and I love back. So success is great, but if you don't have someone to love and share it with, mm, not so good. That's all. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Andrea, and thank you for having me on your show. And boy, this is like your second or third interview. You're kicking butt. Way to go. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. I would love to know, did you have an aha moment about anything in this episode? please email me at andreamlewis at outlook.com. If we're not already connected on social media, I mostly hang out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Andrea Lewis Priestess. Next week, I'll be talking about creative living with Jamie Riddler. I am so excited. It's going to be amazing. I would love for you to join us live at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Until next time. I hope you do something that brings you joy because you're worth it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back. Your host, Andrea Lewis, will be back live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you back next week as a part of our show. 